Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Life's so full on. I've been working on this deck for ages. These steaks don't cook themselves, you know. Life's good with a Trex deck. Composite decking made from 95% recycled materials that won't rot, stain or fade. Trex, the world's number one decking brand. Welcome to Talking Harness WA with Morts and Michael Radley on SEN Track. Hello, it's Friday, which means two things. Talking Harness WA here on SEN Track 657 in Perth and also Gloucester Park tonight and another big meeting tonight at uh, Gloucester Park. A big meeting last week, a couple of great races. The free-for-all was fantastic and also the uh, Christmas gift final. We'll chat about those uh, a little bit later on. Um, a couple of winners last week from uh, our man Bomber Hill and Simon Miller even gave us a thoroughbred winner. Queen of Soul only just got there, but they don't pay for winning by any further, which is uh, something uh, for the listeners. And, uh, well, we might even have Hayden King back to, today after tipping against the filly and being banished to Esperance. Yes, for we're a week. Giving it, we're giving him a reprieve, Morts. Hello and welcome to, uh, to you. And uh, tell you what, stifling heat here today in Perth, and uh, we're all masked up. We are, Michael, with uh, talking very well. Great <laughs> to be here with you on this Christmas Eve. Big weekend last weekend for those that listened to Talking Harness in WA, as you said, the great man Simon Miller threw out Queen of Soul. Nice price, yep. 380 Well supported. Very well supported, into about 320 310 The uh, guest, um, BK, yep. got two from two. And then our man Bomber landed a couple of three-unit winners as well. Big night at GP tonight with a full 10-event card, including one for the thrill-seekers, Rads. <laughs> Race 10, a standing start trot. All I can say is hopefully you're well in front by then and not relying on that race to fund the Christmas <laughs> presents, that's for sure. Now, Michael, race two last Friday night, how are you allowed to train one horse and drive another that you don't train? I'm not sure. I just, I, I'm not, I really don't. I, I'm, I'm not sure what the rules are. I only got him. It took until Christmas <laughs> Eve, about two years later, to get you. But I didn't think that was allowed. And what message does that send to a punter? Yeah, I'm not. I'm not sure. Okay, well, you'll take it on notice. Oh, oh, I'll, I'll, I'll take that question on notice. I'll ask. I'll ask our uh, chief steward tonight when I see him, uh, Brad Lewis. Okay. Well, there's another okay, one. You actually, might I'll ask. ask. I'll ask the rules guru. Uh, Bill Delaney. Okay. I know well, Bill listens to the show, so no doubt he'll let me know. Okay. Well, race six tonight. Yep. Now, we're trying to make this caper easier, easy for punters to understand. Yes. I was lucky. I had a very good resource who could tell me the answer in Mr. Kevin Jevons. Yep. A horse with a HWOE of 148,000 has drawn one yep. in, a ran, in a preferential barrier draw, and a horse with a HWOE of 83... Okay, draws barrier seven. Yeah. I just don't understand how that works. Wild West, last week's winner, draws barrier two and a horse like Al Guerrero out there in barrier seven. Doesn't it just make sense that when you have those uh, preferential barrier draws at free-for-all level, that the lowest HWOE and you just go up 
Because this is crazy. I mean, you've got horses that have got 60 and 70 and 80,000 drawn outside Wild West and... Um, Petronas Star. Petronas Star and uh, the other one on the pole. So... You whiz, okay. A lot of input uh, there Sorry, from Michael. I, I don't know what to say more. So I'm, I'm, I'm okay, well, here's a couple of, Here a couple yeah. of easy ones for you. Okay. Are you happy with the proposed changes to group race status? Uh, yes. I, I think it's a good move. I, I think we've got too many just on – as soon as you get to a prize money threshold, you're, group, you're that group race, and it's, it's not a real indication of the status of the race. So, yes, I think it is. And we might even get a few people that were involved in the changes on the show in the next couple of weeks. That would be excellent. And how did the speedy filly pull up after her last win? You would know better than me because you are the surrogate of J.P. Prentice. <laughs> <laughs> so um, uh, I, 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 I heard the, the update yesterday <laughs> that she pulled up well. And she's going around on New Year's Eve. Yeah, so I, we, I, I we heard, look forward to that. I did hear from one of the owners saying cancel the fireworks because she's going to produce them on the night. Oh, so there we we'll go. See. We look forward we'll to that. Anyway, there's a couple there, a uh, couple of questions for you to come back uh, early in the new year yes. if you can. But, oh, no, um, I'll, I'll get them. I'll have them for the next week if we're on. Excellent. If we're okay. not locked down. All right. Well, we've got a very big guest this We've morning. got a very special guest. He is the voice of Gloucester Park and has been for the past decade or so. And uh, before we introduce the great Richie Bell, let's go back to one of the great calls of one of the great races in Gloucester Park history. It is the 2012 Inter-Dominion, and the winner is the mighty I'm the Mighty Quinn. Struggling 40, and here comes I'm the Mighty Quinn with a dazzling turn of speed. Around the turn they come, I'm the Mighty Quinn, five deep letting go has raced up to Mr. Magical Mac, back behind the Auckland Reactor Crombie, Mr. Magical Mac, I'm the Mighty Quinn, Mr. Magical Mac, I'm the Mighty Quinn, I'm the Mighty Quinn takes the lead, I'm the Mighty Quinn, there's not enough O's in the word smooth to describe this horse, I'm the Mighty Quinn and Gary Hall Jr., second Mr. Magical Mac, the margin a metre and a half, Lombo Navigator close up first. What a race and uh, I tell you what, uh, Richie Bell, welcome into the program first of all, uh, how are you on this Friday morning and, and Merry Christmas. Fantastic, uh, Mickey and Glenn, lovely to be on the show, just got out of the ocean so feeling pretty good. <laughs> Mate, let's first of all talk about that race. I've never heard a crowd roar when you said, here comes Quinny. Did you, did you feel the crowd just go up a notch? Definitely, because although we're very high up on the precipice there, um, you can receive the atmosphere through the window, the open window at uh, Gloucester Park. So it was booming through, and I just felt it at that point. And luckily, I just got into a rhythm that I don't think I've had previously or since. It was just this rhythm. I almost felt like I was one of the horses or drivers out there. It was a great feeling. And what a race it was with, you know, the old warrior, Mr. Magical Mac, uh, going stride to stride with I'm the Mighty Quinn. But when he lets loose with a run, he is uh, just a sensation. And it was just a pleasure to broadcast him that night. And it was, it was such an interesting race as well because there was action from virtually the word go with, with the horses coming out and I think um, Lance Justice's horse um, came across and then there was Mr Feelgood and, and there was so much action through the race and Gary Hall Jr. just out the back just waiting and waiting and waiting, which must have been for, for Gary just to sit there as well. And, and I know Senior said that... A, 
he thought it was a terrible drive because it gave him a heart attack almost because he didn't take it off. But my brother said it's one of the greatest Inter-Dominion drives of all time. Um, but for you to call it, like it just kept on unfolding. There was so much, there was so much action in the, in the race. It, you, you must have been almost out of breath by the time you got to that, that point. <laughs> yeah, that's right. I was a bit nervous going into it, but um, I was lucky because during the week I spoke to an old school friend and uh, he asked me how I was going and, I said, oh, really good. It's, it's a really big week of uh, harness racing in WA. In fact, I, I've got the Inter-Dominion final on Friday night. And uh, he said, oh, look, I've got no interest in harness racing. I won't be listening to that. <laughs> and that was brilliant. That's exactly what I want. So what happened? Psychologically, I used that. I thought, He's this. I kept thinking of this guy who wasn't listening to the race. And that made me... Uh, it, it really helped my my nerve base. Uh, I just they just went out the window because I thought I just thought of this guy doing his own thing on a Friday night, not listening. So in my mind, I had no one listening. <laughs> I believe you, me, Richie. There were plenty listening. Now, for a race like that, and that was one of the greatest calls. Uh, uh, of all time, what's the preparation like? Obviously, Inter Dominion final. It's, it was a big crowd expected, a lot of uh, engagement nationally and, and across the ditch, and and all the best horses in Australia. What's the preparation like for a race, uh, knowing you're going to call a race like the Inter Dominion final? Almost zero, Glenn. To be honest, for me. Um, so some callers are real professionals. They do a lot of uh, preparing. I'm not one of those. I'm not a professional in a sense, like John Hunt. John Hunt was meticulous. He had he had notes in front of him like a mad professor. And, of course, Johnny was a brilliant caller. And he used a lot of flowery language and he threw in a lot of really good quotes. But, yeah, I'm not that sort of caller. So I, I've got to be honest here with you, Glenn. Mickey, I, I, I don't do any preparation. I just call the race. So when it comes to that last bit when you say, you know, like there's not enough O's in the word smooth and... On other calls, you know, we've heard similar sort of things. Do you not even at any stage think that this horse could potentially be the winner and, and, and this is what I'll say? Did that just come just straight off the bat? No, that actually, Glenn, you've got me there. <laughs> that didn't because the, what happened then, I also spoke to another old school friend uh, that week, Stephen Hertzberg, who's a well-known in cricket circles, and uh, Steve said, oh, you've got to come up with a really good line in the Inter-Dominion final. I said, yeah, but what's it going to be? And he said, I've got one for you. He said, I was watching an, epi- I was watching an episode of MASH, oh. of MASH recently, and Colonel Potter, who yes. was played by Harry Morgan, and he actually lived to the ripe old age of 95. He's a great character actor. And in that show, actually, MASH, he loved horses, you might remember. Yep. Um, but at one stage, he was trying to entice Hawkeye into a drink of scotch, and he said about this glass of scotch... It's so smooth, there's not enough O's in the word smooth to describe this scotch. So he thought maybe I could infiltrate that into the race, late in the race. And and I did. It didn't quite come out as smoothly as what I wanted, but it was reasonably effective. But i tell you what, though, and, and I'll ask you about John Hunt in just a moment, but um, yeah, the, the, I think the iconic part of the call was here comes Quinny and that's when the crowd roars. And then 12, yeah. 12 months later, Fred, Fred Hastings actually used it with about 100 to go. 
which and, was, and he, actually, he actually said, "Here comes Quinny," and the crowd. I was there that day, and the crowd roared again. So, so I'll, I'll 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 have him charged with pilfering. Yeah. <laughs> um, we've mentioned Johnny Hunt. What what was it like? taking over from someone like John Hunt, who was universally loved, like he, he was such an iconic figure in harness racing in WA. Did you feel the pressure when, when you did take over from him? I, I would have to say I had minimum 100 people say to me after I received that position, big shoes to fill, <laughs> to the point where I basically wanted to fortify my ears to anyone who wanted to talk about hard harness racing course. <laughs> But, you were... uh, but Johnny was just absolute legend. Uh, just, just a pleasure to listen to before, during, and after a race. He, he was just amazing, um, and his descriptions and pronunciations were second to none. Um, the caller, I think that to me, the greatest caller I've ever heard, and the most beautiful pronunciation, and the perfect level of contained excitement was Trevor Jenkins. And he was a massive influence on me. I met Trevor at the age of 13. And I I must say that if if there's one broadcaster that that sort of comes through, it would be a a, a very slight essence of Trevor Jenkins, but I'm a long way behind him. And that was at the age of 13. Now, at the age of 12, you heard a race... Uh, on the radio and then I believe you tried to imitate it and that was what originally got the idea that you might like to be a race caller. I was in my parents' lounge room as a Saturday morning about 11 o'clock. I knew nothing about horse racing. My granddad was a crazy punter, so it was in the blood there. But only one person, my grandfather, my mum's father, everyone else had no interest in racing. Now, I was sitting there and uh, we had one of those big radios, you know, that all sorts of bands came through and we... Um, I, I happened to pick up a race from the Eastern States and um, I heard this race and I was very competitive as a kid. Loved impersonating because I don't have an imaginative bone in my body. So I just used to impersonate. And um, anyway, I heard this race and then I thought, I'll, I'll grab the paper and I saw the same horses in, in the newspaper, in the field. And so I just, by myself, I sat there in the lounge room and I banged out basically what I heard on radio. And that night, I did it at the dinner table to my parents, uh, my parents and my brothers. And they just, their jaws dropped and they stopped eating. And they said, oh, we, we think we know what you're going to be when you grow up. And then, of course, you went on to... Uh, study law. Apart <laughs> from study law, but <laughs> yeah, right. you went on to, uh, to a, an amateur race calling comp at the Gosford Dogs in front of a massive crowd of 400 people and 25 <laughs> contestants, Richie. And how did that finish up Gosford for you? Gosford Dogs, that's my old stomping ground. I've been to Gosford Dogs yeah, on, you, many, on many an occasion been, on a we, cold night with Johnny McDermott. That's right. Were you, were you in that competition, Nick? No, <laughs> no, I, I wasn't. No. I don't think I've been in a competition it? in my life. <laughs> yeah. Greg might have been. Greg might have been. He could have been, actually. Um, but... I um I was just stunned because I was at Wentworth Park and I was practicing in the spare cooling box and then I saw this notice of Greyhound, Grey, the Greyhound Expo they used to have at Gosford and there was a little note down the bottom and you know special attractions, bouncy castle, pony trots, all this sort of thing and then and then it said um, an amateur race calling competition. I thought 
you are kidding me. This is exactly what I, <laughs> I need to try and kickstart my career. I was going, I was going nowhere fast. I'd only been, I'd um, come over from Perth just to test the waters because all the avenues were blocked in Perth. I thought, oh, there might be an opportunity in, in Sydney. So I started practicing calling the trials at Wentworth Park. And yeah, then, behind Paul and Rosoli. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly, and Rosoli. And, um, yeah, so he was sitting there chain-smoking and I was basically <laughs> suffocating in the next box. Um, anyway, and then um, at Harold Park as well, and, and Peter Volandis actually was working there as, uh, I think, the manager at the time at Harold Park. Yes, he, he was general he was manager. Really not, yeah, and I, I just went, strolled up on a Monday, lunchtime one day, and there was no one there, and Peter Volandis was there with one secretary. It was a pretty low-key operation. I, I introduced myself, and Peter was fantastic. He said, yeah, you can just go in the spare box Tuesdays and Fridays. So that was really good. So I was doing that for about a month. Then the Greyhound Expo came along. There was 25 contestants. None of them could call. So I was like about a dollar four to win. <laughs> and Paul Dolan and Paul Dolan and Rod Fuller were the judges. And, oh, um, okay. yeah, and I, I won the award. I've still got the, uh, the, the gold microphone, which was the trophy, which was made of plastic. And um, bingo. And from that, I got a job calling the Wentworth Park Trials. But then, uh, just not long after that, but a couple of weeks later, my very good friend Tony Fairweather rang me. He said, you better get back to Perth. I said, what are you talking about? He said, front page pays news. Unfortunately, Stuart Shenton's met with his demise. And, um, and he was a fantastic caller as well, a terrific guy. It was very unfortunate circumstances what happened with Street. Anyway, so I came back and, and landed the job at 6 p.m. as a three-code race caller. That's where it started. So, Richie, you were $1.04 in this amateur race calling comp. Did you have a, a 20 by 80 uh, on yourself? <laughs> <laughs> if only there had been a market. If only there had been a mark, I'm, I might never have had to punt again. <laughs> <laughs> now, look, you'll be you'll be very very happy to know that I have from an extremely reliable resource, my brother, that um, the penguin, has, the the penguin, <laughs> yeah, the has been mention. he's been spotted at a TAB near uh, the corner of Petra Street and Canning Highway. <laughs> the big pen. The Bicton TAB. The Bicton TAB. <laughs> it looks like the the home of the penguin, the very famous penguin that, <laughs> that used to get around Gloucester Yeah, Park. That'd, be, that'd be entertaining. <laughs> oh, it certainly yeah, would well, be. Yeah, well, my ex-girlfriend Lula used to live around the corner, so I used to frequent the uh, the Bicton TAB and the Fremantle TAB, and, and Penguin frequented it uh, far more than what I did. But um, I often saw him on the Fremantle traffic bridge. Um, <laughs> I'd see him at the trot. I'd see him everywhere. I picked him up a couple of times, gave him a lift home. He's actually, Penguin's a great fella. He is. Sean is a great character of West Australian racing, and one day they might write a book on him. Yeah, interesting. <laughs> interesting. So, Richie, so. Uh, tonight are we getting Minstrel or The Minstrel? I believe there's been some compliance. You know what? I did not even know I had called Minstrel The Minstrel <laughs> the other night. It was only a few days later someone... Someone mentioned that there was a lot of unhappiness in the camp about the way I called it. <laughs> <Really? Minstrel. laughs> like, yeah, as, as you can gather from that, I'm, I'm fairly unconscious during the broadcast. <laughs> <laughs> 
Well, Richie, it's been a fantastic chat for you today. <laughs> I, I didn't think anything could top Simon Miller last week, but uh, you've clearly done it <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> this week, uh, Richie. Before you go, because you, you've, you've got to yeah. go. We record this in the morning. You've got to go and do the preview on Tab Radio. Uh, have you got a winner yeah. for us tonight at Gloucester Park? Tonight's a really tricky night. Really tricky night. Um, there's obviously a few short ones. Uh, perfect major might be ready to uh, improve from gate number one. Great number one, perfect major in race number six at Gloucester Park. And as I have a look at the tab touch market for everyone, he's three eighty currently on the fixed odds market. The minstrel is at three forty <laughs> and favourite <laughs> in the Garrard's horse and hound pace. Richie, it's been a pleasure chatting to you, um, and uh, good luck tonight. We'll see you out the track, and uh, great calling. It's been a pleasure being the caller at Gloucester Park and I thank everything that you've done for me, Mickey, um, over the years. And great to hear you this morning, Glenn. Um, you've got it all covered. Good <laughs> you. Thank you, Richie. Richie Bell there. Thanks, Richie. We'll, uh, we'll see you tonight. The voice of Gloucester Park and uh, <laughs> he's a great man. He actually, I'll, I'll tell you, he actually got locked his car in at Gloucester Park on Tuesday night. <laughs> <laughs> Tom Percy had his book launch at the Wacker and he's parked there. It's obviously gone late and we locked the gates and I had to come back and let, him, <laughs> let, let he and uh, Lulu out. Um, well, uh, that was fantastic. That was Mort's good. really, good. really enjoyed that chat. Yep. Uh, now, last week, Mort's, the big race was the Christmas gift and it looked a great race on paper and the Hall Senior camp. One, two, three. Jumpin' Jack Mack, ideal touch for Invaro. Junior picked the right one, only by a head though. Mm. Like you said, Michael, yep. you don't have to, you don't get paid for winning by bigger margins. You certainly don't. As we go to the break, let's listen to the feature race. The Group 2 Christmas gift from last weekend, Jumpin' Jack Mack with Gary Hall Jr. The ideal touch and no run leap of faith. Next quarter, 28.8. And the leader jumping, Jack Mack. Finvara is only a metre away. Out three wide on the track is the ideal touch. Just put in a, a proppy stride there. And then Typhoon Banner. Leo Sabi running on leap of faith. Couldn't go the class, but jumping, Jack Mack is clear from Finvara. Down the outside is the ideal touch coming late. Jumping, Jack Mack in front. The ideal touch is lunging at jumping, Jack Mack, who's clinging on and jumping, Jack Mack. Beat the ideal touch and Finvara. And it's a Gary Hall senior. You're listening to Talking Harness WA with Morts and Michael Radley on SEN Track. It's Ty Power's Big Footy final sale. To kick things off, you can get the power to buy three and get one free on selected Toyo passenger car and SUV tyres. Ty Power's Big Footy final sale can't last. Visit typower.com.au now.